0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,298. Today we're going to have fun talking about a very special website. You've been hearing about them on the show, Classic.com. So sit back, relax, and let's learn a little bit. And be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with
1: inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars
0: Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Boise, Idaho, with a very special guest by the name of Max Monahan. Max, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's pop it! All right. As they say, we'll lay some stripes down here. Now, before we get into what you're doing, what's one little thing that people don't know about Maximilian (laughs) Monaghan?
1: Good question. As somebody who's been uh, all about cool and interesting cars from exotics to unfound European vehicles, cool four by four trucks, where I actually spent about eight years of my life as a child was in the passenger seat of a Pontiac Aztec. In fact, not just one. My mom loved it so much she bought a second one. What? <laughs> so I'm very very okay. familiar with the Pontiac Aztec.
0: <laughs> interesting. Well, the mighty Aztec. Yes. Interesting vehicle, yeah, isn't it? Uh, now, isn't that the same one that was used in Breaking Bad, the series?
1: Well, pretty close. Yeah, except it was the first one was red and the second one was black. We didn't have the tan, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that car.
0: All right. Well, yeah, well, I'm not going to pick on it since your mom bought it, but it's an interesting design. How do I say this nicely? It's an interesting design project, I think, is the way it goes. To me, that that car in many ways looks like it was designed by a committee of uh, board members sitting around a table going, well, it needs this, it needs this, it needs this, it needs this. And the poor designer just went, I give up. Okay, you got it all. Because it seems like it's just kind of a lot of different things, right?
1: Well, unfortunately, it's kind of the in of the end of Pontiac, which Pontiac, you know, has such a great story. And there's a oh, lot yeah. of respect, of, you know, for how great those Pontiac vehicles are, especially from the 60s and 70s the and G- even the probably goat. the
0: 50s. <laughs> the GTO. Yeah, it's the ghost yeah yeah of
1: course. legendary. and then they produce something like the Aztec. But as a user of the Aztec, I can tell you my mom always said she didn't want to be a suburban driver like and I was on the uh, ski team so we were driving these, these vehicles all around the Intermountain West going to ski races and everybody drove Suburbans which I, I get and you know I, I drive a Suburban myself you know I've had tons of them um, but my mom wanted something different she's very artistic etc oh, so yeah, I I okay out and it piqued yeah. her interest uh, but I, I tell you as a user of it to lug skis around and a young kid and it drives kind of car like and the stereo system in the thing was actually really good and there was so much bass inside you could fold down the back seats. have you understood that some hipsters are now buying quirky cars like aztecs
0: oh yeah oh yeah it's all you know everything <laughs> okay. that's old is new again i saw somebody the other day wearing bell bottoms <laughs> that matched about the width of my bell bottoms in junior <laughs> high and i just looked at that and i went well here it is again we're back right yep. Yep. yeah
1: yeah well that's the Az. i mean the aztec it, it kind of had that utility of a, not as great as a Honda Element, right? But of the era, you know, kind of a utility vehicle. But being on the inside was great. Looking at it from the exterior it was pretty embarrassing walking with my skis at the bottom of the mountain, traveling around to all these different places like Jackson Hole. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my mom's car. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> now that I know your mom was into those, I am not going to pick on them anymore. So uh, there you go. She was, a, she was a daring pioneer, as they say. Well, let's get into what you're doing today. Max Monahan is one of the pros at Classic.com, and he's also their business development specialist who specializes in helping dealers list their inventory on Classic.com. Powerful search engine as a pro max is passionate about helping private sellers get the best price possible for their classic trucks through their platform. He is a truck fanatic, by the way. He's a native Idahoan, and at the young age of 14, he began his automotive career as a lot boy at a local dealership. His career includes time as an internet sales manager, photographer. He's been into sales, restoration manager, and consignment specialist. He has also uh, got executive experience with a few specialty dealerships in the Inner Mountain West region. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. They keep the fuel in the tanks here. Or if you drive an EV, the, the electric charge in the battery. Sit tight and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. Way up, but my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So, what's with that? So, I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 9324. And protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Are you wondering what your collector car is worth these days? Are you thinking about buying a collector car? I know who can help. My friends at Classic.com will help you stay on top of the market so you know which similar vehicles are out there what they're selling for, what you should pay, and how to price your vehicle. Go to Classic.com slash Garage, enter your vehicle's information, specs including the year, make, model, mileage, and options, and they will provide you with a list of recent comparable sales. Their powerful search engine is up to date, finding new listings, tracking sales, and keeping you informed, providing data so you can make the right decision. If you're selling a vehicle they can help as well with their Classic.com Pro Division, steering you to a qualified professional who will help. Finding the right vehicle and selling your vehicle is all about timing and exposure. So what are you waiting for? Go to Classic.com slash garage and give it a run. That's Classic.com slash garage and tell them Mark sent you. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented talented. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. All right, Max, we are back. So I want to talk a little bit about... What you're doing there at classic.com because I become very familiar with the company. Of course, I had your founder and his brother as very early guests here when I first met them both at SEMA when they were doing the FJ projects. Still having fun with that. Of course, Joey has been on the show as well as a pro and and, uh, and Linda. I've talked to her many, many times about your brand, but now I get to talk to you and you're wearing a couple different hats. You're a classic.com pro and I want to touch on that first and then we're going to get into how you're promoting dealership involvement on this platform because it's a really integral and important part of how classic.com works. But let's start with pros because you're a bit of a Trek guy, right?
1: Yeah, trucks are my jam. You know, growing up in Idaho, uh, aside from the Pontiac Aztec uh, nightmares <laughs> that I, I receive frequently, um, my, my dad, on the other hand, he's always been just kind of handyman. You know, great, uh, great carpenter, and also very mechanically inclined. Motorcycles, so he put me into machines, motorcycles, snowmobiles, etc. Being in a rural area in Idaho, I mean, starting at three or four years old, you know, on a little Honda 50, I grew up sitting on my dad's lap in his uh, Ford Bronco, and it was the Eddie Bauer edition. Yeah, with the, um, I think it was like in 88, I was born in 1990, so I'm still pretty young-ish. But I remember just being fast, so fascinated with cars, obsessed with cars my whole life, romping around in my dad's truck, and, you know, we'd have plenty of space to you know, not in an urban environment. So my dad would throw me on his lap and let me steer the steering wheel of his Bronco. And he's had Broncos and Blazers, two-door Blazers, Tahos, et cetera, ever since. So being a uh, being in the rural world, four by fours are kind of in my blood because we get a ton of snow here and I like to go skiing. So, And I grew up ski racing. So, you know, sometimes you got to get to the mountain and uh, you got to put that thing in four-wheel drive. While I appreciate sports cars and uh, and like we all do we're fascinated by everything motor sports especially with cars being able to get somewhere that is a little undiscoverable or somewhere you've never been before or the the road less traveled has always intrigued me. And also in Idaho, so, so much as the West or you know, the inner mountain west or the northwest, you have to have a four by four. So naturally I would come across trucks that are old farm trucks, four by fours. And because we don't use a ton of salt up here, we use gravel instead the metal would stay in good shape of these old classic truck. And it turned out that, you know, there's a market for these things because in the Midwest or the Northeast, they're running out thanks to the salt on the roads or just the climate. So I was fortunate enough to be around all this good metal that just kind of hangs out. And it was kind of the old classic, look what I found, you know, a good metal truck. And there's a demand for that. So yeah, four by four trucks are my jam. There's a lot to learn about. You know, the Ford F series specifically is really where I'm at because there's so many different variations just within that. A lot of times we think, you know, the Porsche is like the eighth wonder of the world to understand the taxonomy or the model variations of those. Mm -hmm. But the F-150 is so darn complicated. And so it's fun as a car enthusiast to go for something that's a little more common that everybody can relate to, um, including myself.
0: Yeah, you know, back in uh, mid-January, I saw a 96 Ford Bronco Eddie Bauer Edition sell for $84,700, and I just went, what? I mean, uh, so, yeah, you know, this is coming back. And as you said, you're, uh, especially from my side of the fence, a younger person, that there's an entire generation now, a couple generations behind me, that are getting into the cars that they wish they could have when they were a kid, just like when I was a kid in the 70s in high school, there's all these cars I wish I could have. Now it's the 80s, the 90s. But when I saw that, I just shook my head and went, oh my gosh, that's that blows me away. <laughs> and that's a big part of what Classic.com is all about. And before we get into how you're working on the dealership side, which is so important, can you explain to people that maybe aren't as knowledgeable yet about Classic.com? Now, if you listen to this podcast, you better darn well be but maybe you're new Uh, classic.com explain to our listeners exactly what the platform is and how it works and why it's one of these these i'll say it's a newer brand but it's a really becoming a go-to for collectors
1: yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, I'll take that as a compliment because, uh, because you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. We're a small team at classic.com and that, that is growing. It's a very exciting platform to be a part of. And as a car enthusiast, the reason why it's exciting to be a part of is because it's adding a level of transparency that hasn't existed. I think back to even when I was 14 years old, 13 years old, browsing eBay. You know, this is when eBay was actually something, and I don't want to discredit eBay, and it plays an important part of my life growing up. But when you wanted to research vehicles and not only see great photos or see, uh, you know, what was produced. Vehicles that you can't see as a rural person or uh, somebody who lives in a rural area, cars that aren't available readily or understand more about the catalog of the entire vehicle market that's out there. Classic.com really, really provides a lot of transparency, very clear information. The design is completely uncluttered, and it's a bit of a resource for not only enthusiasts, other professionals, but also dealerships. Classic.com is more so of a search engine. For vehicles than just another classified website, and that's that's what I'm excited to be a part of.
0: Yeah, it's tremendous what you guys are doing. I love it. And as I look at the car market, and like I mentioned, that Eddie Bauer Bronco that sold for so much money, this is a great way for people to realize that what they have is really worth something, or maybe it's not as worth or not as worth as much as they thought by relationships to other brands. I have an uh, E46 M3. I bought new in 05. And I'm sweet. I'll throw this little line in the water. I'm afraid to to do this. I might start getting (laughs) a (laughs) lot because I'm thinking about letting it go. And uh, so, okay. Here come the emails and the text. I I will at some point, maybe in the next year or two, because I'm looking at getting another Porsche like the one I sold last summer uh, or different than that car. But anyway, that's another story you can learn about if you don't listen to this podcast regularly. Uh, but at any rate, um, it's it's wonderful because I can go and look at the market and go, OK, this is what real cars are selling for. I can look at them. I can go and see where they sold and what kind of options they have. And is are my prices realistic to the market? Because the last thing you want to do is, say, watch an auction on TV. You see a car go over and you go, oh, I have a car like that. And it sold forever and you think all of a sudden your car is worth X and maybe your car is Y or maybe it's not so why? <laughs> it's, it's it's not as good. Sure. Yeah. So what you guys are doing is, is absolutely tremendous. And I know what we want to touch on today is another key part, a very important part of your work there at classic.com is working with dealerships. And I'm seeing more and more dealerships going to platforms to sell other platforms to sell their cars because they're realizing I can't get the reach that some of these other Platforms have and eBay is a good example of that. I recently was selling some Porsche stuff, and I instead of going to the Porsche PCA Club website classified, I went out to eBay because the reach is so much bigger Mm -hmm. and it's worldwide versus my local Porsche Club. Nothing against them, but if you want to sell something. You want to sell it it's the same with with selling um on amazon and that's why you see all these mama pops opening amazon stores because they could never have that kind of reach so let's talk about how you're helping and promoting dealers and why dealers should give max a call
1: i appreciate that just to backtrack a second there i find it really interesting when we talk about is my car worth more money or is it not nearly as Great as I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, what classic.com really does a great job of is taking the emotion out of the equation. So, if you have a Mercedes uh, 1972 Mercedes SL in your garage, or your mom does, or your friend does, and you have all these, she has all these great memories, or he or she has all these great memories, you can go to classic.com and have an unbiased view of what that vehicle is worth. And that is so valuable from many different aspects, not only as an enthusiast or somebody who's a owner, or title holder of that vehicle or as a dealer who's potentially interested in consigning this car for somebody. It really takes the emotion out of the valuation experience mm, and yeah. you really can't argue with data right right and there aren't a lot of places out there to obtain very accurate data data that classic.com provides so that's one of the things that attracted me to classic.com because those those have always been the challenges i mean i think my 1988 suburban's worth 20 grand yeah. but it's probably only worth ten thousand dollars and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um
0: yeah, well that's that's an important thing you mentioned emotion because for all most of us car people, like diehard car people, listeners to this show, we do get emotional about our cars. And sometimes we can get the red mist or the fog or whatever you want to call it about our vehicles and what they're really worth. And the same thing when you go to buy a car. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story years well, ago, a friend of mine wanted to buy an old Porsche and we were in high school and he had saved up his money and We drove all the way up to L.A. from San Diego to look at this car. And he said, I want you to come with me to talk me out of buying this car. And I said, what? He said, well, I'm going to get up there. In my mind, I've already bought it, and I don't want to do that because I haven't even seen yeah, good, it yet. Good
1: cop, bad cop. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he said, so you point out all the bad stuff while I'm sitting there pulling money out of my pocket. Now, <laughs> yeah. he didn't listen to me because <laughs> he, he really did already had had paid for it. I mean, he got there and he's like, oh my gosh. And I'm going, Robert, Course. did you lift the carpet? You can <laughs> see the you can see through the floors on this thing, dude. But he bought it and he learned a lot of lessons that way. But the emotional part of car buying uh, can get crazy. And, and, and not to step too back too far back into pros but that's another part of what classic.com pros is doing is you guys become our objective i should say on this to take away that oh this was grandpa's car it's worth so much money well the buyer doesn't care about your grandpa right 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 It's so
1: true. And, you know, the transparency thing is huge. I mean, I think back to when I was a young man with a little bit of cash in my pocket and I wanted to go out and buy a vehicle, you know, and I'd go to a dealership and the experience was what the industry has always been.
0: Yeah, usually not much fun.
1: Usually not much fun at all. And you have no real comps unless you're really dedicated to understanding the market. And that takes time. And, you know, classic.com solves all that. One thing that... As somebody who wears a lot of hats at classic.com, which I'm excited to, uh, to describe more, but one thing I also do is I curate any Ram or Dodge Ram or Ford 4x4 or pickup truck that comes into our system. So when those vehicles come into our system, we have a curation process, and there's about 15 of us that curate vehicles, or we handle specific makes, brands, markets. So when you go to classic.com, and let's say you type in 1988 Suburban. You'll be presented with a Chevrolet suburban or a GMC suburban, et cetera. Now, those are different markets, so they're buckets. And this is something that is not provided on typical listing platforms. And I really want to stress this about classic.com that we are not just another listing platform. We're an aggregate of vehicles that come in from many different sources, and the information is presented in a very clear, transparent way. How do we do that? Well, we curate the vehicles. So Many times where vehicles are submitted to us or obtained through a data feed, they'll come in and it's very its its very common to have some sort of information from the source that isn't actually accurate. And I don't blame them. I've owned car dealerships. I understand that blue versus purple vehicle, etc. But there are actual curators behind the scenes at Classic.com. We're not just a server. We are actual people behind the scenes. So when a truck comes in, like my 1988 Suburban for sale, and it comes into classic.com and it's on the market for sale, my truck has had a repaint. So it's not an original vehicle. So it's been repainted. So we call that a restored original vehicle because it still has original engine, original interior, et cetera, but it's been repainted. That is very valuable information. That's a data point that we use to understand the values of vehicles because we can pull comps via similar conservation status. So on classic.com, not only do we have these great buckets um, of vehicles like the Ford Highboy, which was a market, uh, it wasn't even a marketing term by Ford. It was just a common like, oh, that thing's got a two inch lift from the factory and uh it's got four wheel drive, long bed, et cetera. Um, we'll we'll prescribe a conservation status. So whenever you look at a vehicle detail page on classic.com, you will see a conservation status that will tell you um what kind of con- I don't want to say condition, but what how accurate is this vehicle? You know, is this a restored original vehicle? Is it a Resto Mod custom? Is it a highly original vehicle, which we know in the Porsche world, a highly original 1968 Porsche versus a Sierra Porsche, which is a resto-mod custom, you
0: mm-hmm. know,
1: yeah, um, a very so
0: expensive one. <laughs> classic.com. Yeah,
1: very expensive. So classic.com provides that little additional human touch that a lot of other listing platforms don't allow for.
0: Cool. I love it. Yeah. The uh, the F 250 High Boy. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a now another we're one. yeah. Another one's become a collectible. Six, I think those were late 60s Crazy. to late 70s, 67, 68, wasn't that? To 77, 78, somewhere. You would know better than yep. me, but yeah. Same right. time period. Yeah. Those have become collectible as well. Well, this is very cool. And I would encourage listeners to check out classic.com. You can sign up, subscribe there. Uh, you can reach out to the folks there and learn a whole lot about. Everything we talked about and a whole lot more you know I want to talk a little bit about well, what I call driving inspirations and I know you've got somebody in your past when you were a bit younger that helped you grow in your career path and you talk about uh i think his name's hal right
1: yeah I mean there's so many i mean you know being a car person throughout your life i can i mean there's a handful of people i can I can rally off yeah hal um he saw something in me as a uh twenty four five year old man and I was ready to spread my wings a little bit and as somebody who was relatively spoiled uh, working in the car industry especially in the collector car industry, um, with many different vehicles, you know, I was kind of riding the wave of Porsche accelerating and being in a resort town as a salesman, Porsches were extremely uh, prevalent and it was really fun to be a part of, but it also kind of priced me out because I always thought I would have a 356. you know, that was always kind of like the dream car for young max. Um, and I was priced out of that. So I went, where can I find some other cars? And, um, this, this, uh, this mentor of mine, he invited me to go to Europe, uh, to an RM Sotheby's auction in Milan. And my eyes were completely opened up to what else is out in the world. Hmm. And here I am, you know, an Idaho boy, but kind of privileged in a ski resort town in some Valley, Idaho with a bunch of Porsches and some Ferraris, et cetera. And then I went, Oh my gosh, there's a, something called a Lancia (laughs) Fulvia that is similar in quality to a 1965 Porsche 356 that may be worth $100,000 now. And this Fulvia is only 15,000 euros. And it's from the same era. Beware. And the build quality is actually there's, really great. There's a
0: reason for that, but we won't go into that. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now.
1: I'm, I'm a big proponent of Lancia Fulvias, especially like some they cr- They're great
0: cars, but they're old Italian cars. So I, I, I'm sitting here as a big Porsche fan, especially, you know, I love 356s. I got priced out of that, too. <laughs> should have bought one. But I, I won't debate yeah. you here. But Lancia's, yeah, I know lots of people have had Lancia's. Wonderful, wonderful cars, but a bit more challenging than an old Porsche.
1: Well, that's what's funny about them. So <laughs> yeah. here I am in <laughs> Boise, Idaho, right? Yeah. And I've got Porsche 356s that I've got on consignment in my store. And I've just imported these vehicles from Europe that nobody even knows about. So I have to build marketing around them. And then even before I do that, I have to make sure they run properly. And not only would I take my 356s to my mechanic, but then I handed him some launchophobias. And he went, oh, my gosh, this thing's actually really straightforward and simple. And um, mechanically, they're really just a carbureted little V4 engine at the front wheel drive, four speed manual transmission and a little coupe and petite and steel bodied, not a ton of plastic, pre the Fiat era. So. I found my little niche with those and Hal encouraged me to continue that. So we built some networks up in Europe, not only Italy. But also the UK, and as some suppliers, and then we'd import these cars and resell them to the United States, and say once again, look what I found, and how I'm excited about it because I mean I've put thousands of miles on these little front-wheel drive Lancia folias. I've driven up to Montana from Idaho, and um, you know, I've had so much fun in these cars, drove down the Salt Lake, ripped them around. There's so much fun, and so we had a great little business. But yeah, that was my. Uh, One of many mentors, but one that really made an impact and provided me with a lot of confidence to say you can turn your car passion into an absolute profession.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, see, some of that DNA from your mom and the vehicle she picked uh, rubbed off on you to kind of go out there on a limb,
1: okay, so try something different. Are we comparing an Aztec to a Fulvia now? I'm not, you know, <laughs> not going to go, go there. I'm
0: not going to go there. I'm not going to pick on you at all for your, your very wonderful, eclectic <laughs> Italian taste in cars. Ciao, ciao. So uh, I think that's awesome. You know, I'd like to talk a little bit about bucket list deals. And I know You know, I've had different people from classic.com and the show talk about where you guys are taking the platform, but let's touch on this a little bit. I know you've got uh, maybe a, a bucket list idea for the business there, and then also one that's kind of a personal journey you'd like to take, I think.
1: Yeah, correct. Well, business wise, always being very business oriented and what i get to do as a business oriented person is be a part of a group of people that is trying to better the experience of buying and selling a classic car i think i've listened to a few of your podcasts where you know i thought it was really great where you pulled a friend aside at us or or the seller or the owner aside at an estate sale and said that mercedes is worth a lot more mm, yeah, than yeah. what your broker is is uh, willing to let it go for and so that is really our mission. And I'm really excited to be a part of that that mission because when I was younger, you know, as somebody who's naive to walk into a car dealership to buy, you know, an Audi All Road for too much money. And they go, Yeah, of course, we'll take your money. But do you know what really comes with that? <laughs> yes. And you know where this car should be in the market as somebody, you know, who doesn't have a ton of cash as a young kid. So yeah, bucket list wise, it's the, the overall mission in my mind for Classic.com is to provide further transparency. Now, specifically, especially in the American truck market, we have very, very good a very good understanding of where Porsches are, for example. But like I was saying earlier, Ford or Ram or even Chevrolet, there are so many different variants over many, many years. I mean, Ford's. F-150s have almost been around for 80 years now. So there's a lot of information out there. And to make sense of it is really challenging. So to display that in a way that's very user-friendly on Classic.com um, is something that we're definitely uh, excited to, to share with the world. And then on the other end, to do, to do that, we have to invite dealerships onto the platform. And so that's also what I'm really responsible for at Classic.com is adding dealerships. And I'm proud to say we've got uh, a lot more dealerships than I projected that we would have. And um, all of our dealership partners are incredible. So are our auction partners, which is what Linda also helps with. But I also chime in every once in a while. But yeah, our goal is to grow the deal. My specific goal uh, with Classic.com is to grow the dealership presence on our website
0: nice that'll help a lot of people for sure you know i'm going to say the second part of this bucket list concept to uh a drive here because later in our talk we're going to talk about going on the ultimate drive and i know these two things align so sure keep that thought in mind (laughs) all right a special vehicle in your life now there's probably been so many we could talk for hours but can you pick just one out and i think you're gonna say porsche of some kind right
1: I know, here I am, Idaho cowboy boot wear and truck guy. Yeah. But, um, being, being in the, uh, in the resort, you know, resort community, um, I was exposed to a lot of things and naturally, you know, Porsche is just such a great brand. I think everybody can agree. But yeah, one of the greatest stories I've ever experienced was Hal actually found a Porsche, what looked to be a Porsche 993 roof. And Ooh. he forwarded me some photos uh, while he was down racing in Florida, GT4 Club Sport. And I went, I, I just saw a few photos of it. And I went, I don't, I don't care if it's real, clone, modified, whatever. Buy that car. That thing's amazing. It had tartan red seats in the roof embroidery and green and the roof gauges and it was a red guards red turbo um, turbo s convert well 4s conversion into a btr turbo uh so we further learned and uh, manual six speed but just like being a 90s kid seeing a car that i would play on gran turismo um and then actually having the capability to maybe experience that vehicle i was very excited um, Hal also agreed. He thought it was a great vehicle, so purchased that. Had it shipped here to Idaho. Definitely had a few things that we needed to sort out. Nothing major. Just you know, an incredible car. And that that vehicle was actually sent to Germany and tuned by Roof themselves. So it wasn't an actual BTR, but it was a Roof BTR conversion. Mm. But what was really exciting about that is not only do we get to possess these cars, but through a foundation and a fundraiser in our resort town, where we invite participants to bring their supercars out or any vehicle they could like, they would like to participate in. We closed down four miles of highway. Uh, It's called the Sun Valley Tour de Force. And I got to drive that Porsche roof conversion or tribute, I should say, um, in that event. And it's four miles of highway that's closed down by the sheriff's department and we also donate the uh the the funds that come in from participating in the event to the Hunger Coalition so it felt like a really great way to give back to our community oh, nice. especially a community i grew up in yeah and um it's been going on in various forms since 2009 so actually to participate in it was great and then also to drive a 1996 993 roof tribute car um, was hyper exciting only because everybody said, this is your first time doing this event, actually like driving in the event. Don't look down at the speedometer. Don't do that. You don't you just feel the car out. Okay. So here I am at the starting line, do a launch shifting through the gears. It's of the beautiful Sawtooth Mountains of Idaho, which are some of the best kept secrets in the uh, United States, but I'm ripping down this road, and I can feel the front end of this car—you know, like Porsches do—I I may as well have been driving a 1968 on eleven because the front end started to angle around a little bit, and I went, well, oh, "I must be going like 100 and." Thirty miles an hour, and I look down at the speedometer, and I'm doing, like, over 170 miles an hour. (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is why they told me not to look at the speedometer, because it's a car from 1996 that's a conversion, albeit by roof, but Still, an older car, turbocharged, very raw driving experience. And I went across the, the line there, and they, they measured me at 178 miles an hour. And I won't forget the adrenaline that I had oh pulling into the pits off the side of the road and seeing that that speed yeah. in this old 1996 Porsche. It was fabulous. That's so much fun.
0: Fast. Holy cow. Wow. What, a, what an experience. I've been really lucky to have Alois Roof, his wife, Estonia, and his daughter, Aloisa, most recently, uh, as guests here on Carshack. Yeah so the whole family has been on no court. way yeah and i've been lucky because i visited roof in Pfaffenhausen twice now i uh, got to drive oh my gosh. yellow bird back in 2006 when i was there oh my gosh. So, yeah no not way. not even as nearly as close as you i wouldn't even have dared to go that fast but uh, wow what an experience so i'm a car psychologist i'm gonna crawl into your skull here if you were reincarnated as a vehicle what would you be
1: All right. Well, as much as we have fun with Porsches for day-to-day use and for the adventures that I like to do, I would probably go with being a Ford Super Duty, probably a more modern Super Duty. However, I would want it modified by a company that doesn't do modifications for Ford. And this is a call out to them to modify some Fords or provide aftermarket support. A company called American Expedition Vehicles is very popular in modifying not only Jeeps, but also Rams. In fact, they are a factory supported aftermarket company where they do full stamped hoods, bumpers. They'll cut fenders and throw 40 inch tires on a 3,500 or a 2,500 Ram. And they make uh, expedition vehicles, um, almost Icelandic where, you know, you'll see like uh, sprinter vans with giant oh, yeah. 50 inch tires on them. Yeah. 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 So, and this company is based out of Missoula, Montana. Um, and it's very fascinating story. Fascinating story, and I have no, you know, financial interest in this company at all. But I have friends with AEV Rams and AEV Jeeps. And if they just did it for Ford, which, you know, is kind of my brand, I would have to be reincarnated as a more modern super duty AEV modified
0: <laughs> I, I, I kind of see that. <laughs> Jack yeah. of all trades. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand it. How about a great book? We love books here. Is there a book you could recommend? Well, this
1: is pretty boring, unless you're a total Ford nut. <laughs> um, and it's not some nightly light reading, but as somebody who has to, going back to the cur- uh, the curation process that we do at Classic.com, understanding the taxonomy of a vehicle, not only is it a, uh, a 1995 Ford F-150, but it's a Ford F-150 with a 306 and a manual transmission and a 4x4 and a Yeti Bauer package in a regular cab with a long bed. Um all of those nuances are captured in this book, which is called The Standard Catalog of Light Duty Ford Trucks from 1905 to 2002. Oh, my gosh. Was <laughs> <So,
0: laughs> it 1,000 <laughs> pages? This
1: is my Bible.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: let's see. I can look right now. I have it in front of me. How many pages is this, bad boy? Uh, 357. Yeah, okay.
0: That may, kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a doorstop for sure. So, wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll put a listing to that book so you listeners that love Ford Trucks and want to know the whole history— you get your hands on this copy. So now the ultimate drive. Uh, if I could send you on an ultimate drive, you pick the car, you pick the place and pick the person. What does it look like for you?
1: Oh boy, the ultimate drive lately, and this has always kind of been in the back of my mind. I think I think there's a, a massive sense of adventure when it comes to vehicles, whether it's driving, you know, down a closed highway for a, a fundraiser event in the middle of, you know, sawtooth mountains of Idaho. Um, or going to Italy and driving around Italy. I think there's an adventure component that really speaks to me. And if I were to do the dream haul, which has always been something I wanted to do, going back to the modified Ford F-250, I would probably... Well, I, it's always been a goal of mine to drive to the most northern point of North America. Mm-hmm. And there's a way you can do that via the Alkin Highway in Alaska. So being in the Northwest here, I would love to have an outfitted Ford F-250, 4x4, probably not a dually, but I'd like a sliding camper and throw my fly fishing gear in there and my two dogs and uh, drive all the way up to the most northern point of Alaska and fly fish my way up there.
0: Dead horse. Isn't that what that's called the way you up know, there? Dead horse? Yeah, dead horse. That's correct. And yeah, Prudhoe Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Can yeah, I follow a... a couple people and one is a, a young gal who has been traveling around the world in her Range Rover and she did that drive all the way through Mex up through Mexico, United States. She's actually Polish and then up all the way up to that point and uh, it was kind of fun to follow her video up there of of what that was like and how desolate it is on the way up there is quite amazing. But, uh, all right. Well, I'll get to work on getting all the gear ready for you so you can go and take that trip. That sounds like fun. You've taken <laughs> us on a fun trip today, my friend. And I want to ask you to leave us with maybe some parting thoughts of, uh, advice or wisdom.
1: Yeah, you know, if, if you're questioning uh, if you should make a purchase on a vehicle, a value as we all do as car enthusiasts, uh, is it's too much money? Is this not enough money? Or when you're selling a vehicle, etc. Classic.com is absolutely there to help. And not only are they just a website, there are legitimate people behind this website. There are real humans like me that are passionate about vehicles and helping other people throughout the process. I guess all in all, if you know, if you want to go to Alaska and go fly fishing, you know, and you need a to do it. There's cars on our trucks on classic.com that will absolutely achieve those. I've market alerts set up where I receive notifications via email every morning whenever a cool four by four vehicle comes up for sale on the classic.com platform. Or if you've already done the drive up to Alaska and back down, and now you're back in the continental United States, you want to get rid of this truck because you've been there, done that. Classic.com is also a place where you can sell your vehicle through a pro much like myself. And then also there's for dealerships too. I mean, there's so many resources. We didn't discuss the fact that I've owned some dealerships in the past, but just from a valuation standpoint, not only from a dealer perspective, but um, the valuation tools with Classic.com are so in-depth thanks to our taxonomy. So um, we're just out here trying to make everybody's life a little bit better.
0: Most definitely. So listeners, you can find them at classic.com. Go there, check out the pros, check out if you're a dealer, uh, how you can get involved. I'll put links and connections to uh, Max here and to classic.com. Of course, they've got a great Instagram site that you should follow as well. And I want to do a little thank you again to Linda, one of your teammates, your colleagues there, who's brought me several guests of late. So Linda, Thank you very much. Max, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing definitely the car world that you're in. Until you and I find that next Aztec to buy, I'll see you down the road.
1: All right, I'll be waving from it if the window works.
0: (laughs) Nice way to sign off. That's excellent. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so
1: much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.